Hello there. So, you might be expecting a 1% Better interview this week, or whenever you're listening to it, this is not one of those. This is actually the recording from Tuesday Night Book Club that we kicked off just on Tuesday the 26th of May 2020 at 8pm Irish time. So, as I record this, it was just yesterday. And we've decided, myself and Declan O'Connell, who decided to put this together and kick it off. We said we'd record it. We said we'd share them out, uh, provided that they're valuable. And last night, the first one where Declan talked about the book, The Power of Moments by the Heat Brothers. He gave a summary, some of the key takeaways, personal connection to the book and why it really was one that he wanted to talk about. He shared all that. We had a number of other folks dial in. You can register for the Tuesday Night Book Club. I share out the links every couple of weeks. It'll be on Eventbrite. We'll do it over Zoom. Last night was the first run. Went really well and some good Q&A, some just good interaction. We expect it to continue. We'll do it every two weeks. We'll record it and I'll put it out here for folks to listen to. So it's not 1% better. It's not me, myself and EI. It's the Tuesday Night Book Club and it still has a lot of similar themes going on around personal development, professional development, perhaps self-improvement, tools and techniques and how you can take those and apply them in your own life, make them pragmatic and useful and it's conversational and hopefully you'll take that from listening to this. You'll get a good sense of where we want it to go but it's early days and I've over talked the intro as always. So here goes, have a listen to it, let me know what you think. We will push these out every couple of weeks after we have them and if you would like to join the book club you can do so just connect in directly with me rob at robofthegreen.ie go to the slack community go to the website there'll be links and just keep an eye on social media and you can register join the next one which i'm doing uh, on a book that i really enjoyed that i read or listened to a few years ago called so good they can't ignore you cal newport i'll talk about that inviting as many people along as possible get some Q&A going, get a real book club, virtual book club going and see how it goes from there. For now, enjoy the first edition and we'll talk to you again soon. Good luck. Just while we're waiting, I suppose, as I said, the next one, I'm lined up to do one, but if anyone has a, a, a driving interest to, to to give a summary next time around, that's, that's cool as well. Um, and I have that Slack community up. It's just something I've had for a while, and I put a channel in there called Robin Dex Tuesday Book Club. So maybe it's something folks can find useful over time if they want to share general summaries or ideas or books that they've read. Just something to kind of point people to. Um, and yeah, we'll just figure out how how it goes. I was talking to my partner beforehand, and she was just talking to somebody in in texas today that has joined an online book club and she's she lives alone and she was saying she's getting an awful lot out of it and giving her a sense of community so it's seems to be topical at the moment um and uh hopefully some some good will come out of it um we have one more deck don't we yeah yeah was just joined us do you want to go for it so yeah i suppose we we crack on will we Mm -hmm. why not yeah, fair enough. So I suppose how this all started really was um, I had the distinct privilege of being interviewed by Rob on his podcast, but even more so being invited into the newly refurbished studio that you see behind him. And uh, afterwards, it was the it was the chit chat around his library and the amount of books behind him there. 
I just got really interested in um, just depth of knowledge that he seems to have and the amount of books that he seems to have read. Um, I was hit by that famous Aristotle quote, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So actually when lockdown hit, I got chatting to Rob around exchanging ideas and insights, um, something that might be beneficial he's read or I haven't, and vice versa. And I will say that there's no real um, plan for this. There's no script. There's no name. And we've no idea how it'll go. Good to see that there's such interest here already. Um, so we'll just see how it goes. I kind of drew the short straw first. Um, but I just want to get it out of the way so I can actually uh, listen to other people talk about other books. Um, and so when deciding what book to pick, it was actually quite difficult because I thought about what book may be kind of helpful for people during these times. And the book I've chosen is um, The Power of Moments. So it's uh, a book by Chip and Dan Heath, which is a fabulously American name, Chip. Um, but it's really, it, it is down that line of, you know, self-help, personal development, coaching, that kind of book. Um, and really all it's about is, is the power of the present moment and, um, probably more than that, it's about consciously creating moments for yourself and others. So really, it's the powerful impact of thinking in moments. Um, and the book, there's loads of different research in the book. There's nice kind of research-based and, and uh, lots of kind of short stories and tales in it as well. Um, but ultimately, what it distills down to is kind of four basic ingredients for creating these powerful moments. Um and just, you know, for a second, just make sure everybody's clear what a powerful moment is. I would say that if we just all took a couple of seconds right here, right now, and just think of a powerful moment, what jumps to mind? What jumps to your memory when you're looking at your past to see what was a powerful moment for you? So just if you just take a couple of seconds, don't force it. What, what pops up? So chances are there's a memory after popping up for you. So like... Is it making you smile? What's in it? Who's in it? Why is it lodged in your memory? Why was it memorable? Um, so chances are it'll have one or more of these four ingredients in it. Um, and so if we know the ingredients and the recipe for powerful moments, the hypothesis of the, the book means that actually we can create more of these powerful moments and you can have more of a, a meaningful and purposeful existence. That's the whole premise behind the book. And, and so when I... Um, close the eyes and think for a couple of seconds what jumps for me was a really memorable trek to Everest Base Camp um, big group of us but most importantly I went with my dad for his 60th birthday and my sister for her 30th birthday so that kind of jumps up for me and, and when I look at it through the lens of this book and those four different ingredients um, we'll be able to uh, kind of track as to why why it was actually a powerful moment um, so those four moments really there are four things so there's one, one Elevation, two, insight, three, pride, and four, connection. So what I'm going to do just for the next um, 12 or so minutes is just give you an overview of, of what those four things actually mean. Um, and then at the end, there's a kind of a, a prompt towards, well, how might you create more of this in your life effectively? Um, so the first one is that elevation piece, moments of elevation. So what are they? They're, they're experiences that rise above the routine. They're out of the norm. They're not your everyday things. And so they make us sit up and take notice. 
they're the times when we're kind of consciously aware and awake in that moment because it's different and they might evoke kind of emotions or feelings like joyful engagement surprise motivation they're just you know out of the ordinary and and effectively what it says is that it kind of it's kind of slows down time because you're, you're really kind of aware and awake in that moment and the way I look at it now at the moment is like if you look at March, the month of March just seemed like the longest month in the history of time. Like it just dragged on forever. Why? Because our whole worlds were kind of turned upside down and we were trying to make sense of it. So that actually was a moment of, of elevation when we all started working from home, when, when our daily routines were, you know, uncomfortably shifted. And so that month of March really kind of felt like a long time because we were consciously aware and, and awake of, of all these shifts that were going on. But now as we've kind of eased our way into it, like how the hell is it nearly June? The last two months have just flown by. Why? Because we've just created new patterns, new routines, and we've just kind of lost ourselves in them. Um, and and what's, what's kind of useful is there's a nice little prod in the book that it just says, um, can you remember where you were? on September the 11th, 2011. Now, for most of us, probably not a breeze. But can you remember where you are in September 11, 2001? Like, sure, like everybody probably has a personal tale around that. Why? Because it was not like any Tuesday. The whole world stopped and was looking at these events unfolding. Um, and so basically, they, they talk about, well, what is it about these moments of elevation and how can we do, do more of them? Um so the, the, they kind of gave two stories, um, really. The, the first was talking about boosting sensory appeal. So how do we create moments of surprise and kind of, you know, um, peak emotion and that kind of stuff. And they, they have a nice story about um, this hotel in, in L.A. called the, the Magic Castle Hotel. And it's one of the most highly rated hotels in Los Angeles. A lot of competition there. But if you go on to TripAdvisor and have a look at the hotel, like it's three-star, it's basic the rooms aren't great at all they're small they're cramped um there's a kind of a little courtyard out the back with um a small swimming pool in it and you're kind of going how is this the highest rated hotel in la and and what they're famous for is this thing called the, the popsicle hotline so effectively there's a there's a phone um next to the pool area and you pick up the phone and you order an ice pop and what happens is um uh, a butler effectively comes down with a silver tray and presents you with a popsicle. These are all like peak experiences for these people. Um, and that's something that's out of the ordinary. And it's something that uh, I suppose, you know, um, enraptures the guests. And that's why um, that, com- or that, that hotel is the highest rated uh, hotel in, in uh, LA. But they also talk about um, like the, the Disneyland experience. So, they were saying if you were to look at a, at a day in Disneyland, they're actually the masters of creating peak moments. So a day in Disneyland might start off like getting up early, going on a shuttle bus, queuing, paying large amount of money and spending your day probably eating shy food, being overheated and queuing for an awful long time. But you'll have maybe five seconds of a real um, peak moment on Space Mountain when you're thrown upside down. There's that exhilaration. And then at the end of the the whole day, they have this firework display and they have the the lights show, all that kind of piece. But if you were to rate the whole day, there's probably more negative moments than, than positive moments. 
But how come everybody remembers the whole experience as being amazing? Six months down the line, they're saying my trip to Disneyland was incredible. Um, and and they, they explore this theory called the peak end um, uh, theory, which is basically that we don't remember experiences as a whole. We remember the peaks, the real high moments, and remember how they end. But all those bits in the middle kind of wash away. And it's funny, like when I look at that Everest Base Camp um, trip, like, so when I'm talking to people now, it's like, it was amazing being in the Himalayas and seeing all the scenery and the mountains and getting to the top and the sense of achievement and it was class. Like, so I, I go into real storytelling mode when, and, and I get really excited when I'm talking about it. But like, real honesty here, I hated every second of that trip. The, that two weeks, I vomited my way up the mountain. It was it was horrendous. Like, But actually, when I remember it now, it's it's all about that peak end piece. So the real peak piece of getting to the to the um, to base camp, and the end of it, obviously, great celebrations and a real bonding experience. Um, so, so that's a real kind of a, just a nudge for us to kind of just think about how how many peak moments have we experienced over the last couple of months, and and can we consciously you now create peak moments kind of going forward? Um, Dick, and the, can, can I ask a yeah. question? Just one comment and question. One comment, weirdly enough, anyone who's eaten in uh, ramen in Cork, you get your ice cream, um, which yeah. is kind of like a peak moment because it's something different. It's something new you could get at the end. You can pull your own ice cream. That was kind of one that just popped into my mind. Um, do the guys talk about like, you know, when there's kind of a law of diminishing returns almost that if you keep creating almost too many or attempting to create these peak moments constantly that... It, it it can overwhelm or be just too much. Yeah, well, like it, the, the way they see it here is, that, particularly in the in the service industry, is that um, you need to have a, a bit of agility in terms of actually not doing it all the time, mm. but actually just creating that sense of surprise. Like they give us a, a very interesting story about um, that basically part of their. Um, um, training is that if you're working there, then you have got a certain discretion to give away, let's say, five or six free coffees or danishes every single week. And so if you've got a regular coming in, you know, it's at their discretion as to whether you can give somebody, something away for free. Mm. But it has to be kind of, it can't be all the time. It needs to be an element of surprise in there. Um, but if you if you felt that somebody looked a bit down, that you could go and you could give them that um that's sort of a boost as well like but absolutely if every single time that you're going back then then that law of diminishing returns does does kick in mm-hmm. cool any other questions but like from anybody this isn't this definitely isn't a lecture or anything like that like so feel free to jump in at any stage um you, have you read the um any books by michael lewis you know the american non-fiction no. author you know he wrote moneyball uh he's he's actually written these non-fiction books Okay. that have been classed as unfilmable and they all end up as great movies. So Moneyball yes. and um, The Big Short and all those ones. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. But I uh, know he wrote a book called um, The Undoing Project, oh, a story of two Israeli... They were psychologists who who started writing in the economic field and they won. one of them won the Nobel Prize. Th- I think, think, in thinking economic. Fast and Slow, that one? That's it, yeah, Kahneman, Thinking mm-hmm. Fast and Slow. He was one of the 
subjects of the book. And I think Michael Lewis um, befriended him in his old age in wherever they lived in America. But um, they talk about that peak end uh, yeah, theory yeah. and uh, and how it affects people's opinions. And uh, I think the whole book is about how gut feel is not is rarely right, even though it feels right. It's if if you and analyze it analytically and do the numbers, you're more often than not wrong. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's fascinating kind of stuff because I suppose all this book is trying to do is, is nudge you to start thinking about now that we know these things, how can you actually apply them? So if, you, if you're working in, in any industry, knowing that peak end piece actually is a complete game changer because you, you can start thinking about, well, how do you create the peak experience for the for the customer and how do you actually end the kind of the, the transaction as well? I think it works the other way. that In the book, they talk about a colonoscopy. Where uh, people do take it out fast and uh, and painfully or slowly and less painfully, and uh, they reckon the slowest approach is better because you don't get that peak end problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it works the other way as well. Yeah, peak end has many different uh, connotations in that uh, context. Um, but yeah, like it, it is interesting because they they. They talk about they use the term breaking the script as well, so doing things that are are unexpected. And, and they give a nice story about the Ritz Carlton Hotel, and this this went viral. So you might have seen it. Um, a little kid who was staying there on vacation left his toy stuffed giraffe behind, and uh, he was absolutely uh, devastated and wouldn't sleep. So the father rang the hotel to look any chance it's still there. Do you have the, the stuffed toy? And um, knowing how much it meant to the little kid, uh, the staff, what they did was they they um, they put the, st- uh, the stuffed giraffe in the spa with the towel around them with cucumbers on its eyes. They put them on a golf cart. They put them out in the sun lounger. And they sent the kid all these photos just to say that the giraffe was uh, on holidays and all this kind of piece. And what you had there is that you had, you know, something out of the ordinary that created a lot of goodwill and a lot of, um, I suppose, positive benefits towards the, the Ritz Carlton as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of all commercial kind of stuff, you know. The, 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 the real sort of impact here is maybe the personal kind of stuff is, is actually, are we just living the same routines and the same sort of habituated lifestyle every week, every month, every year? And, and where are actually the peak experiences to us? And they reference another book, which, which I definitely highly recommend as well, called Chasing Daylight. It's um, a book written by the former CEO of KPMG Global. Uh, his name is Eugene O'Kelly. And basically, he, he wrote the book at age 53 when he was given three months to live. And that's the first line of the, the book was, I was blessed to learn that I have three months to live. And what he talks about is that um, he he felt so blessed and, and uh, privileged to have been given three months. And what he did was he strategically went about planning those three months. Who are the people I want to spend time with? And how will I create perfect moments with these people as a kind of a, um, in typical accounting language, he said, as a, as a natural unwinding of the relationship. So he went about, you know, um, meeting people for lunch in the park, going for, um, uh, you know, these peak experiences, going to a basketball game with other people and just actually planning to spend quality time. And 
towards the end of the book, um, he said that he, he had created more perf- perfect moments in a couple of weeks than he had done in the previous 10 years. And the kind of the nudge towards it was saying, do we really have to wait till we get the knock on the door illness wise or health wise for us to create these perfect moments? I, I just thought it was a really powerful book but to, to see it through the lens of the power of moments. The, the challenge in the book was to say is actually, could you actually script out your, your perfect day? Like it doesn't need to be, you know, you know, crazy of going and seeing your, your, your top sports team or going to a concert or anything like that. Like, but if you could script a perfect day at home or whatever it was, could you do it? And, and could you then actually commit yourself to actually live that perfect day as well? And then it goes on to say, well, geez, could you actually script 30 perfect days? How long would it take you to live those 30 perfect days? Um, so again, it was just about how might you now apply those perfect moments to, to your own life? Which is really, really interesting, I think. Um, the second bit is just a, around that insight. So all it is is just about um, when when are the moments that you create personal insight for yourself. And they, they have a nice little phrase of um, tripping over the truth. So you might have a vision of yourself or a vision of others that may not strictly be true, but there'll come a moment when you'll trip over the truth. And that creates real um, kind of insight for yourself. So the way they say it is like, it's an aha moment. And we've all had them, you know, um, most of the time it's it's about failure, moments of failure. Um, and so really the sort of the, the nudge towards this is actually about embracing vulnerability, trying new things um, and embracing failure. Um, and they talk about, you know, different uh companies over in the states and it's cheesy enough but like they have to talk about well what did you fail at this week that kind of stuff so it just shows that you're trying to build a culture of look you're trying something new you're taking risks failure is a good thing um and they just talk about um you know if you look back over your life you probably have had a mentor somebody who has guided you in the right direction um and they're saying no matter what age or experience you have at the moment there's always value in maybe seeking out another mentor to see can you spike your growth again, um, and then I suppose that they were they were looking at the the other side of that is can you now mentor somebody else? Can you kind of pass it forward like and and they have a nice simple formula for um, mentoring that says high standards plus direction plus assurance plus support will get you an awful lot of results. And I thought that was a really nice um, little formula. So high standards plus direction plus assurance plus support, and they just talk about when that mentor gave you that piece of advice. How did you feel? It was that elevated moment of emotion. It was Jesus. Somebody believes in me here, and I can push now for a higher level. And then they'll talk about the the experience of being a mentor and and just in unlocking or empowering somebody else to reach their own potential as well. Um, so that's that inside piece. Uh, the third bit is, is the element of pride. Um, depending on your persuasion, it can be one of the seven deadly sins, but um, they're talking about it in a real positive sense here. It's about capturing us at our best. So when was the last moment that, that you were really proud of yourself? And they t- start talking about building in milestones that can help you build that sense of pride. Um, and they give a nice little story about how, how the Couch to 5K program was so successful. 
And it came off the back of a guy, 25 years of age, went through a bad relationship breakup and wanted to start jogging just as a, as a, a focus to take away from the heartache. And he found that he hated running. So what he did was broke it down, broke it down into a nine week program. And then he decided he'd like to push this out to other people. And all of a sudden, this community started snowballing. And if you look at the Couch to 5K program, like it starts quite easily. I think it's, you know, 20 seconds of running followed by 90 seconds of walking. And you do that for 20 minutes. Uh, Halfway through, I think it's um, you do uh, 10 minutes running, then you walk and then you another 10 minutes of running. And there's a, there's a midpoint halfway through the Couch to 5K program where you run for 20 minutes nonstop. And that's seen as a real sort of a, um, I suppose, a, a flag in the ground moment to say that actually you're running nonstop for 20 minutes. And what you're doing is you're creating levels of pride every single time you hit those milestones. And by the end of the nine weeks, obviously, you're, you've done your 5K. There's plenty of 5K races out there. But this whole community um, I suppose celebrates the fact that nine weeks ago you couldn't get up off the couch and now here you are running um, running a 5k race um, and so it just talks about, well can we now start creating some of the milestone moments in our own life and if you look at it um, the societal milestone moments they're like your 18th birthday your 21st when you graduate your first job your first house marriage kids um, you know all these pieces are kind of by society standards, they're all probably done by the time you're you're forty, maybe. Um, and then, like they were saying, that that's why people get old quickly, actually, because the the kind of the the milestone moments aren't there unless you create them. Um, so it's a, it's about sort of creating multiple finish lines for for your goal. Um, and it, it goes through a couple of different examples um, about you know learning the guitar most people try it for a couple of weeks and, and throw their hat at it. But if you can break it down into, do you want to learn one chord? Do you want to learn another chord? Do you want to maybe learn the opening bars to a certain song? That kind of way that if you break it down, you're, you're much more likely to achieve your goals. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's interesting even how you look at um, how the fitness uh, industry have actually moved on that. Like, so I'm, I'm a sucker for the, the Fitbit stuff. Like, and, Every single day, I, I get that buzz of excitement when the thing goes mad when I hit the ten thousand steps. And actually, only last week, I think it was, uh, I got a, an interesting email off Fitbit to to give me my Italy badge to say that I've walked the length of Italy. So it's not like they don't celebrate like your one millionth step or your anything like that they'll actually link it to something that's quite interesting. God, you've walked the length of Italy, magic. And you actually do feel that sense of pride there. Um, so no, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And one of the really fascinating experiments they took on was um, a study done with um, arachnophobes, so, so people who were scared of spiders. And uh, they were saying, well, how long would it take us to get an arachnophobe to let a tarantula crawl over all over its hand and so what they did is they broke it down to 14 steps so step number one was how how close can you get to a tarantula and the average um, distance between yourself and the tarantula was 10 feet that's as far as i'm going 
not going near it. And all the 14 steps was like all just nudging closer, closer, closer to the point. I think step number 10 was that they poked the tarantula with a stick, like that kind of way. To step 14 was my hand is out there and the tarantula is crawling on it. Um, and I'd, I'd be really interested to hear your uh, um, best estimate here as to how long you think it took an arachnophobe to get from step one to step 14 any ideas a week a week a year a year about four months four months so interesting enough it actually took them two hours Jesus. <laughs> I found that absolutely fascinating. But the, what they're saying is that it was the, um, that, that pr- like pride kind of imbues courage. So you get to one step and you're kind of proud of yourself and it, it, it empowers you and it, it allows you to take the next step quite quickly. So there's a, um, an interesting chapter just around, around courage there as well. Actually, that if you can tap into courage, you're much more likely to um to, to to achieve those moments of pride by just taking those small steps. Um and they talk about practicing courage as well. Mm. Um to be confident to be a self confidence in that as well, I would I would have thought, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you, is you, and, and, and that's the that whole up. thing about self efficacy, like is that once you achieve get over one hurdle, you're you're kind of you're more likely to take the next hurdle. Um but it's it, like it's funny, like in terms of the the courage thing, you know. Like I wouldn't know my American history, but they, they, there's a really interesting um, chapter on the racism rose in, in Nashville um, when um, black, black students got sick of segregation at the canteen and they staged a sit-in, and um, it eventually like they all got locked up after three weeks of, of sit-in, and there was just. Um, that was deemed as the kind of the turning point for, for race relations there. Um, but, you know, what the kind of the unspoken behind that was actually they practiced those sit-ins. So they spent a couple of months beforehand practicing courage effectively. So um, they were super organized. They had people, um, I suppose, coaching them how to stay um, solid and not be sort of... Uh, overwhelmed by the level of violence and hate that was coming their way um so it's really interesting about how practicing courage can help you um move towards those milestone moments um and and there like the the fourth one there's that connection piece um and all that is just saying is that it you know whatever thought that you had at the very start of this call when you thought about you know that that powerful moment chances are there was other people involved there was, you know, think of weddings, achievements, graduations. There probably was other people involved there. And that social experience makes it um, that bit more powerful, that bit more of a peak moment. And they, they talk about, you know, um, that idea of a community, that there's purpose, there's meaning, there's um, intrigue, there's challenge, all involved in energy. And I suppose what we have here tonight is probably the, that sense as well is that people are, you know, strangers coming together for a one purpose. Um, we're looking to sort of uh, 
educate ourselves or we're looking to be part of a community or hoping to um to gain something out of this as well um and i suppose it's actually something rob that i mentioned on our, our on our call as well was um sorry on our interview was the idea of deepening connection as well so do you remember i talked that experiment where you go through 36 questions and three levels of intimacy i looked into it since yeah 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 so so it actually comes up in this book as well so like it, what it's saying is that um time doesn't impact intimacy at all so you could know somebody for 20 years and you could still be at a, a kind of a level one surface level in terms of a connection so you actually have to purposefully um create an intimacy so uh, how much are you willing to reveal yourself? How how much are you willing to invest in in developing intimacy? Uh, and so ultimately, they're, they're the kind of the the four um, uh, real ingredients for the peak, um, the power of moments and those peak experiences. And so when I look at um, that Everest Base Camp thing, for me, it had all four of them: those moments of elevation, you know, outside my norm. Um, it definitely had a sense of uh, insight for myself. Jesus, I can actually I can actually do this. Um, what else can I do? Uh, that pride element of getting to the top, that was certainly there. And then there was that connection piece there as well. So um, obviously doing it with my uh, members of my family. And um, I can show you a picture there now. So that's us at the top. So there's that moment of uh, of peak experience and, and elevation for us, um, and so like it's really interesting now that we know those four ingredients, we can kind of start looking at how do we um, start creating more of that, um, and so for me, and I, I just wrote them down uh, today, um, it's a case of well, how do I how do I create more of it? Like so, in terms of elevation, how could I make tomorrow memorable? How can I do something a bit different off the script for tomorrow? Uh, in terms of insight, I'm going to start thinking about, um, you know, is there an opportunity for me to mentor somebody? Um, in terms of the pride element, um, I'm going to start really start thinking about new goals, what would make me proud. And the connection piece, um, for me, it's actually going to be using this time to maybe just connect with, with old friends, people I've, I've, uh, I've lost touch with. And uh, it's funny that the last section of the um, of the uh, book it kind of ties it all together. And I'll just share the screen again there now and see if you can see this. Um, it talks about that book, Regrets of the Dying. So that palliative care nurse, she looked at well, what were the five most common themes of of people who who were on their on their deathbed, and they talk about the courage not to live a life true to yourself. Um, not to work so hard and express your feelings and not staying in touch with friends and letting yourself be happier. And I suppose what they were saying that if we start thinking in moments, you can actually have a bit of an antidote to five of those things. Um, and so these five things kind of come up throughout the book. So actually to avoid those regrets of the dying, if we can start thinking in moments to maybe stretch yourself to discover what you're truly capable of. Can you take on some element of a project that kind of scares you? Um, can you intentionally create those perfect moments? So, so like that uh, KPMG um, guy, can, can you actually um, pencil out what would a perfect day, a perfect moment look like and, and actually create time to, to uh, live it out? Third one is, is practice courage. So being open with people, 
Um, four is the value of connection. And five is, is break the script beyond all routines and habits. So what routines and habits are serving you and how might you break the script and, um, and reevaluate them. So that's that's pretty much it. Basically, that's the kind of the overview of, of the book. Um, happy to take any any questions or to talk it through. Well done. Thanks very much. Yeah, brilliant. Christoph, any questions? Any thoughts? Or I think the um, the meditation uh, company, you know, uh, Headspace. The yeah. the, the um, I don't use Headspace, I use a different app, but uh, I know they send out those, you've meditated 100 consecutive days in a row kind of um, reminders and you can share them on social and whatnot. And that very much ties in with the the pride element, similar to the Couch to 5K, it's kind of just creating those um, milestones, just that kind of jumped into my mind when, when you mentioned that one. Yeah, and there, to be fair, like in the book, there is a bit of a commercial aspect to it as well. It's how can you improve the customer experience, and you can go down that route with it. Personally, myself, I kind of kind of look at well, how can you take those and apply them to yourself? Um, but there, there is definitely something in that um, the streak thing where you're doing a hundred days in a row or whatever it is, walk the length of Italy. Companies have started tapping into that kind of psychology. Mm. Habits. Yeah. Although getting into good habits. Yeah, exactly. I was saying to you that I read a book the guys put together called Switch. Um, The Heat Brothers did a book called Switch. Um, Very, very interesting. I won't go into detail on it now, but it was good. But I listened to the younger brother was on a podcast last week and he was talking about another book that that he either put out or um, is putting out about around sticky ideas, things that why certain ideas stick. And we're talking about the movie industry and they were talking about a title for a film, trying to pitch it, and, and they were coming up with brilliant, like, one-liners, say. Um, the example he gave was, think think die hard, um, but on a bus. And basically, that was that was their pitch for die hard on a bus, which was the movie Speed. Um, <laughs> and, and But instantly, that line creates a, a movie reel in your head. You connect with it. Um, and and you don't need to say any more. You kind of get the the concept of the movie. So like these guys get into so much detail in in imagery and emotion. I think they tie a lot of um, connection to that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And also, it's, it's fascinating as well. Just once we're, once we made aware of that kind of stuff, we can start looking out for it. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, but that is the whole um, philosophy behind the power of moments. Is just being a bit more consciously awake and consciously aware of the patterns, routines we're in. And how can we we break them and create a, a bit more um, moments of, of elevation for ourselves? Yeah, very good, Deck. Yeah, I'm planning to do it next. Um, the book that I'm hoping to do is one that's just been rolling around in my head recently because I'm changing job and it kind of helped me a lot with that. Um, so good. They Can't Ignore You is the name of the book uh, by Cal Newport. Hopefully most of you haven't read it because that'll be more valuable then if um, if you haven't um, or if you want to read it between now and then that that's you know you can bring bring your own comments to it but um, that that's what I'll kind of talk through. Similar to you Deck it's, it, there was a lot of personal uh, journeying coming out from that book for me so that's kind of the the approach i'll probably talk through and some of the key points out of it 
I will be happy to do that. I haven't read it anyway. So oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Has anyone else read it? Oh, that's good. It's a, it is one that you probably haven't heard of. And it, the state, the, the, the so good you can't, they can't ignore you comes from Steve Martin, the comedian. It was, I think he came up with the slogan, but Cal Newport, who's only, who's a lot younger than Steve Martin, he's only in his late 30s and he's about five or six books out, but um, he he just used it as kind of a hook for the, for the, the talk of the book, you know. Excellent. Yeah. And I guess between now and then as well, like when we come back, the, kind of some of the, the, the planning that we put together for this, obviously so rigid and, and structured for these sessions, but we did say maybe if anyone reads the book you talked about, The Power of Moments, or had take some of the learnings and have applied it in the next two weeks maybe you'd share for five minutes is there anything that you put into practice from from those four kind of ingredients has anything stood out for you have you have you made a you know conscious effort to um create those moments it'd be great to hear if anyone has done anything like that Brilliant, yeah. so look we, we can do a quick recap the next time and then crack on with your your book review and uh, then throw it wide open to the the community if people are interested in sharing books that have really impacted them we'd love to keep the thing going and and uh just let it snowball i suppose we'll, we'll all kind of learn from each other which is probably the whole um purpose of why this was created cool very so good yeah we'll all right up. very good guys thanks and uh, thanks for everybody for coming along and um i will uh, as i said i'm gonna i've recorded the audio so i'm gonna pop it out onto the podcast channel over the next few days anyway just in case people want to to listen to that um something different might be something people get something out of as well um and uh and we'll hopefully meet all of you in two weeks i'll put out another link because um uh, eventbrite uh they they pretty much don't allow you to do bi-weekly meetings but if you join the um if you're a member on the uh slack community we can post the um the link there as well deck so people can just get it through that rather than register if that's easier whatever way you'll you'll see some social posts on it anyway yeah no problem rob i'm on the slack right now i can't see the the book club is that up there it is because um i i it's a new channel that i set up about two weeks ago but i haven't added everybody to it i was really only adding okay. people to it by um request so john let me just add you right now here um are you just john is that a, a, what you have on it is, is it looks like it yeah you're very <laughs> unique there because uh, there's a few john so i've just added you to it, it now yeah. there you go Excellent. so, so right. we'll pop the link in there and that's a good way to kind of submit any any ideas or any anything at all that you can come up with. Pop it in there, book related. Oh. Great stuff, guys! Thanks so much. Have a good rest of uh, evening, Deck. Thanks a million for being the uh, the guinea pig. Had you a question, John? No, no, no. Just think about it. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very good. Everybody, we're looking forward to two weeks' time. Very good, guys. Thanks very much, guys. Brilliant. Yeah. Stay Cheers. safe. Take it easy.